RadioInfluence.com. thing that I never thought in a million years would happen, happen. The champion, the challenger, here we go! This is the MMA Report with Jason Floyd on Radio Influence. Welcome into another edition of the MMA Report Podcast. I am Jason Floyd, and it is the interview edition of the podcast. And I have got a trio of fire interviews coming up here on this edition. You're going to hear from a man who is coming off a split decision victory at UFC Vegas 62. Mana Martinez spoke to him about his win there against Brandon Davis. Talked to him about uh, his Instagram post that he had talking about the victory. A little bit of the viral clip that James Krause had of uh, what James said to him following the second round of that matchup. Also, Talked about a little baseball as in his post-fight uh, scrum. He talked about the media about uh, being a baseball player growing up, which he talks about uh, one of his baseball coaches actually came out to Vegas for his matchup. Then you're going to hear a conversation with a man who is going to be making his bare-knuckle debut here on November the 18th, Kevin Kroon. Of course, Kevin uh, exiting the UFC, and he is coming off an MMA victory back in September as he got a majority decision win there at Synergy. FC number one. He's going to be taking on Sean Wilson at PKFC 33. So I spoke to Kevin about, uh, you know, ultimately what kind of how this opportunity came about and whether or not that door is closed to mixed martial arts. And then the final interview you're going to hear is with a man who is coming off a third round submission victory at Cage Aggression 34. Cortavius Ramos. I spoke to Cortavius about his victory there. Uh, third round victory. First fight in two years for him. So I uh, had a great conversation with him. We talked about a range of topics, including uh, his love for video games. So all those interviews come up here on this edition of the podcast. Of course, as always, appreciate you taking time out of your day. Download, listen to this episode of the podcast. Uh, like, share, subscribe. You know, you know the deal. Really helps out a ton. But let's get right into the interviews as you're going to hear the first conversation with with Martinez, then it'll be Kevin Kroom, and then finally you'll hear the conversation I had with Cortavius. Joining me now here on the MMA Report is man's coming off a victory here. Another split decision victory, which by the way, both of us wins in UFC now be a split decision, which Mono, you, you had a pretty interesting comment there with that third judge telling weeks. You're like, oh crap. This ain't about to happen. <laughs> yeah, there was a slight issue there, but um like I said, I just had all the faith in God. And I really knew deep down that I did enough to take both of those first two rounds. Uh, although my coach Kraus didn't quite maybe see it that way. He, um, he was a little animated. You know, with a very vocal second <laughs> to third round speech. But I, it is what it is. And you know, the, the saying always goes, never leave it into the judge's hands. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I, I did. And I took the risk, but it, it paid off. You know, you had this Instagram post about the fight where you talked about uh, leaving Vegas with a W. It wasn't a perfect performance I envisioned, but a win is a win. Back to the grind. Time to get back and work on mistakes and get ready for the next scrap. I'm very grateful for everyone's support and kind messages. Much love. Which kind of made me think about is like, you know, obviously you use that Saturday night as a you know, celebration because you've been, you know, in, in, in the grind for the last, you know, six, eight weeks. Get ready for that matchup. Like, at, at what point do you go back and watch the fight? 
Oh, uh, that that same night I went to go <laughs> quote unquote celebrate. I uh, we went to to this little taco spot that's kind of famous in in Vegas, and uh, right away I asked somebody for their phone to for the replay to watch the fight. And as I was enjoying my tacos, stuffing my face, I uh, I watched it, and and I seen a lot of good. I was very upset directly after the fight because mm-hmm. i thought you know i had a a performance that was wasn't quite full to my potential and it really wasn't but uh i seen a lot of good when i watched the replay and a lot a lot of mistakes i could fix so it's it's always good to go back and be able to watch and notice that and and get ready to learn and uh, fix those mistakes for the next one I think it doesn't matter what sport we're talking about, whether we're talking about fighting, baseball, basketball, hockey, you name the sport. I think it's naturally that athletes will will look at, as you said, you know, hey, I'm looking at mistakes. I'm looking at the things I believe I could have done better on. Like, is is it a balance for you, though, when you're going back and you're watching the matchup and like you say you look at the, the end of that second round and you're like, man, like I, I was t- I was piecing them up. And, you know, and like you said, after the fight, maybe there's three, five seconds more left in round and the fight doesn't hit the third round. Like, how do you balance that of, okay, I know I did this well, but hey, man, these are the the things I got to clean up in the room. Just balance it by by just, you know, continue to try and evolve. You can't stay so one-minded and uh, be content with where you're at. And I think that's a big, big uh, part of my my game is that I'm never content. I always Mm -hmm. want to be better. And especially leading up to this camp, although I knew Brandon was a, a kickboxer and, you know, was probably going to be down to stand toe-to-toe, I was trying to constantly evolve on my wrestling and get better with my takedowns because that's, you know, an area I kind of lack. But again, I, I, I'm, I'm getting better at. So, and you, as you can tell in that third round, I, I had a nice little little cage series up against there. I kind of reaped his leg down, rode him, rode his back for a, a, a minute or two, and you know it kind of helped stall out that round. But yeah, it's just finding a balance of wanting to get better and, and not staying content. Because as much good as as I, I did in that fight, you know the bad can either outweigh it or be just as equal so just gotta but gotta want to continually uh improve like what like you talk about hey i'm trying to improve you know all aspects of the game was that as much a part of kind of how round one or round two when he gets ronnie lawrence and, and like that that mindset of okay these are the things I've got to work on, you know, because obviously you, you knew, like, I mean, how many times we've we seen this in MMA? Like, you, you go into a matchup and you know you're fighting a striker. And then, but they saw the last film, they're like, hey, man, I think I can take the guy to the ground. And magically they become a wrestler. Yep. That's, uh, that's exactly, you hit the, the nail on the head with that. Um, exactly what I improved from that Ronnie fight to this fight was me implementing my game plan from that beginning bell. And if you can tell, I wasn't as, as, you know, gun shy. I was out there throwing kicks. I I had my hands popping. I, I was just, just sticking, moving. And in that Ronnie fight, I played a little bit too safe Mm -hmm. and cautious because of the takedown. So I improved on that and you could just tell the change. So 
Although I didn't quite keep that pace second and especially the third round for this past fight, it's definitely something I'll work on and, and I'll continually improve. You know, I, I think about, because I mean, obviously James's uh, his message to you became a little bit of a viral type clip, and it, but it also makes me think about, there was a similar type of situation in the second round after the in the Ronnie Lawrence fight where he basically says, Monoman, go out there and, and put it to his ass. And it, is that the type of athlete you've always been of you're, you're the type of guy that needs that coach is this it's that that brutal honest love of give it to me straight don't sugarcoat this thing like just if you got to yell at me yell at me a thousand percent yes that is exactly it um you know, there's some fighters who need to hear that technical advice. Oh, man, give me a, you know, they want to hear, I need a one-two slip two into a takedown or a fit in. Uh, I need a slip two, three, two roll. And for me, it's fine. You know, I can analyze that. But to really get me going, I need that, mo not that motivation, but I need that, you know, that sense of urgency for my corner, whether they feel like I'm up two rounds or I'm down two rounds, like, get on my ass man and i don't mind it one bit i know a, a few people are very critical of james but he knows his fighters and he knows who, which mm -hmm. fighters he can speak to like that and which fighters like i said he he can speak to in a technical way and, and tell them certain things of that way me i just happen to be one of those fighters where hey you light that fire under my ass i'm gonna go out there and get it and you're definitely right in that second or to third round of the ronnie fight he basically told me straight up what's the worst that's gonna happen you're gonna lose and i'm like you're damn right what is the worst that's gonna happen i'm already down too so i went out there and of course it's a little bit too late but hey learn from that fight you know i i fixed some mistakes this past fight and i'm just gonna continuously get better yeah i've heard james kind of talk about that of you know and i've heard other coaches talk about this of every athlete's going to have a, a different mindset you just know how to get the best out of them which you know you, you talked about prior to your martial arts journey you were a baseball guy so so did you have did you have some baseball coaches that that knew how to let, light a fire out of your ass that's that's very funny you mentioned that there's a uh, one specific coach and i still stay in contact with with him to this day he uh he he calls me about once a week to always checks up on me. He uh, he actually flew out to Vegas. He's a very big supporter mm -hmm. of mine, and you know I look up to him as an older brother as well, and 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 a and a father figure in a sense. His name is Coach Sutton, and yeah, in in baseball, he knew when to to light a fire under my ass like that, and got me going, man. I can remember uh, there was this one situation. I think if I remember correctly. I, Oh, yeah, it was my junior year, and I didn't make varsity or something like that. And he, I think he told me it was his decision because he wanted to keep me on JV, and he was a JV coach, and I was pissed, man. <laughs> um, so sure enough, he, he had me at leadoff batter, and, bro, I, I went off. There was like four, five, six-game hit streak that I was just doubles, triples, and uh, I remember him telling me after one of the games or the whole team, and I was like, I don't know what's gotten into Mana, how he's hitting the ball so well. I think he might have <laughs> sold his soul, might have <laughs> sold his soul to the devil. But man, he's looking good. And I'm like, man, you know, he kind of disrespected me, not putting me on varsity. And, you know, he lit that fire under my ass. So, 
yeah, I, I definitely had a coach like that in baseball, and even our varsity coach, Coach Torres, was was that way. So it stemmed off from baseball as well. But yeah, I love that type of coaching, and I don't mind it one bit. So what was like the go-to position for you in baseball? Outfield. I was I was a ball hawk okay. out there in the outfield. I started off at first base. And uh, I was very flexible. The the coaches would go crazy, you know, like when there's a short throw, a ball thrown and the first baseman's got to stretch out, you know, due, due to my flexibility from karate and all my kicking, I would uh, drop down and do the splits to, to scoop a ball up. They'd be like, oh, like they all go crazy and stuff. But eventually I kind of just ventured off into the outfield and uh, used my speed and, and all that out there. I mean, do you still kind of, uh, you know, in between training sessions, go uh, play a little pickup baseball or, or is kind of the baseball ba- days done for you? Uh, like we'll do a little league play uh, softball with mm-hmm. a few of my boys, the Monstars, shout out to them. So that and then my little brother just recently picked up baseball about a year or two ago and dude's a natural athlete, man. He. I could never be a, a pitcher as much as my dad wanted me to. And he knew the advantage I had of being a, a lefty and he pushed me to be a pitcher. I just could never do it, man. But my brother, bro, picked it up right away and he's just got an arm, bro. He plays quarterback for football as well. So this dude, whatever he sport he decides to take his arm to, he, he's going to make it, man. So... Yeah, occasionally, like I mentioned, I'll go play softball with my boys or even play catch with my little brother. That's always something I wanted growing up until about 12 years old. I was the only child. Mm -hmm. And now that my little brother is at the age where I can play catch with him and actually like kind of chunk the ball at him and he can catch it, something special. And and, and I really try to absorb and soak up, man, because I didn't have it for so long. I didn't have a sibling and would be playing catch by myself, I guess you could say. See, now I have an older brother, so it kind of makes me think of this. Like, does he, does like he get rib you after a fight's over? Like, hey, bro, man, why, why, why you, why you getting punched in the face? Bro, this guy is my biggest critic. It's funny you <laughs> mentioned that. He told my mom, or after, yeah, he told my mom after this fight, oh, his face doesn't look bad as his, as, as his other fights. And then he texts her, like, what do I tell Mana? Just, just congratulations. You know, he's very blunt. He's still young, but yeah, he's, he's a big critic, man. It's funny. And, uh, I don't know the, the kid, the kid, I just love him, man. He's still, he doesn't know any better yet. He's still so innocent, young. So I don't mind it, but yeah, that's funny. You say that it, it, little brothers are always the freaking, the most oh. Once. Look, look, we have to rib each other. I mean, we have to. I mean, it, it, it's a give it to like, it makes me think of like, sometimes you're like, all right, little bro, how about you coming to the dojo? Let, let's see how well you can do. That's what I'm saying. But this kid is, is, is taller than me or just about my height, 12 years old. And I'm, well, obviously I, I live in Missouri now. So when, when I come back mm-hmm. home, I'm like, bro, when did you this tall I was like, what's up bro has a deeper voice than me and everything so in the back of my mind i'm like ah you know big bro gotta gotta keep training because this dude might try to test me one day and uh you know he might use his size on my ass but yeah I, that's funny man i remember when me and my brother were kids my my dad would say to my brother he goes look at some point 
Jason's going to be as big as you. And you ain't going to have that power over him because it comes, what comes around goes around. <laughs> right. Exactly what my dad says. He's going to get your ass in a few years. I'm like, ah, keep wishing. Y'all both keep wishing. We'll see. Stick to football and baseball, bro. Uh, final thing. Uh, Timeline for when you want to get back in there? Hopefully by the end of the year. If not, beginning of next year. You know, I'm ready to go. Um, usually with my old mindset, I'd be done for the rest of the year and want to enjoy mm-hmm. the holidays and this, that. But, you know, I have a, a newfound of a mindset and and um i'm ready to go at any time man i'm just gonna continue to stay in the gym keep training and and if a short notice fight falls off and and i have to replace them i'll be there but i'm ready to go man i'm excited and i'm i'm happy my last performance but but not enough so i just got to get back in the gym and, and get ready to go again of course, look forward to seeing when we see you back inside the octagon there. Of course, Mon, as always, man, I appreciate time. Of course, uh, let me know if you out on social media. Anything else we'll mention, man? At Monoboy7. And no, sir, it's always a pleasure talking to you. So thank you for everything, Jay. Joining me now here on the MMA Report, a man's going to make his bare knuckle debut coming up here in the middle of November. Kevin, appreciate the time. Uh, when does bare knuckle come into the equation? Uh, uh, I mean, it could happen any street, any night at a bar, you know, no. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I thought, uh, it would be a good, I, I think it's a good way to, uh, make some money and, and fight less than world-class athletes. I'm not talking trash on anybody or, or anything or, or anybody I'm fighting. I know it's bare knuckle. It's going to be a tough fight. Uh, but it's a new sport uh you know like uh people don't quite have it have it down yet it's not like mma where well we're like in the third generation it's just so super evolved uh i think it's just something that i can get in and uh really use uh a lot of the stuff i've been working my whole life uh you, you can clinch fight and bare knuckle um i've been clinching since i was like 14 years old with wrestling and everything and uh man i, I just feel like the closer i get to the fight the more i feel like uh this is for me uh you know i got i got big old knuckles and uh you know i'm 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 good on the outside and i'm really good at dirty boxing so uh yeah man i think it's gonna gonna work to my skill set very well you know when i was i was looking at your instagram and you know you you had and i mean you're you're you you love to put out some some comedy type instagram posts out there but one of the things that you mentioned was like hey man the days of weight cutting are gone i mean are, are we is, is that maybe one of the advantages for you uh of not having to potentially deplete your body yeah i mean yeah uh 100 and and not that like i i won't i'm not saying i won't do it uh again you know what i mean you offer me the right amount of money i'll fight at 45 again for sure but uh yeah uh weight cutting sucks it's terrible i've been doing it more than half of my life you know like the majority of my life i've cut weight um my last big weight cut 
damn near killed me. Like it, mm -hmm. it was horrible. I cut to 35 and that was the worst decision I've ever made in my life. Uh, yeah. So I am happy about, uh, I mean, it's, you're fighting like the way you train, like when I'm training, I don't have a camp or anything. Like I, I, I eat what I want. I, I eat enough. Like, you know, I, I stay healthy. And if I want some ice cream, I eat some ice cream, which makes me a happier, <laughs> happier person all around, you know? So yeah, I just, I feel like it's really good for me. You know, I was talking to Chris Camozzi who, who made his bare knuckle debut a couple weeks ago. And you know, the one thing that he said to me, he said, you know, it's, it's about opportunities in this game of, he said, you know, it, it just, it, it's an opportunity to present myself. He said, he goes, I'm not closing the door in MMA. He goes right now, kind of the mindset is, is bare knuckle. Are you in the similar type situation of like, Hey man, it's an opportunity that came to me and uh, I'm just going to roll with it and see what comes. But if there's an MMA opportunity down the road, you're not quite closing that door yet. Oh yeah, not at all. Like I mean, I I, I love MMA. Uh, saved my life. It's why I'm here uh, for sure. So I'm definitely not. Uh, I mean, I plan to fight MMA again. Uh, however, I do feel like I'm kind of like the bare knuckle crowd's vibe. You know, mm -hmm. like I'm kind of kind of a wild, crazy guy, and uh, I, I like to fight. So uh, yeah, man. I mean. I, you know, everything goes my way. I, I feel like, uh, you know, I, I could be a, a bare knuckle star. You know what I mean? Like, uh, people are going to like what I'm putting out. <laughs> you know, one of the differences between an MMA fight and a bare knuckle matchup is the fact of you are toe to toe with your opponent once the fight starts. Is that something you're simulating in the training room? Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, for sure. 100%. It, it, like, how, how, do you think how that, I like to start a fight? Anyway. Okay. Do you think it changed? All, like, I remember I was talking to another, another fighter about this. And they said, you know, look, my mentality is if we're across the case from each other, I'm trying to close that distance as quickly as possible. And so yeah. they said, you know, like, they're like, I really don't see a difference in terms of how it is. Except of, Hey, when the referee says start, we're right there and, and we can start flinging some bombs if we want to. Like, yeah. It, yeah like, like I said, man, I mean, that's how I would prefer the fight to start anyway. They're right mm -hmm. there. There's no, there's nothing. I, I don't have to worry about some crazy flying knee or anything like that while I'm trying to ch close the distance. Uh, it's less things to worry about, you know what I mean? As far as I'm concerned, I, I'm not going to get elbowed. I'm not going to get kneed, uh, which personally I think will make my dirty boxing even better when you can get in there real tight and not have to worry about a knee. I've, I've been working people over and then caught a knee to the liver and just kind of mm -hmm. shut down before, you know? So, I mean, it happens. So, I mean, not that he can't punch me in the liver, but it's just different, you know? Uh, Sean Wilson, your, your opponent here, veteran uh, of that Midwest scene. And, and when I started looking at him and I was like, I was like, him and Kevin had to each other at some point. Uh, no, yeah, man. Uh, he fought James Krause, my coach years ago so like i mean i've like kind of know of him uh a bunch of people out of nebraska in my gym obviously know him so i mean yeah he's been around but uh i mean i've never i've just kind of like heard his name in passing in terms of the differences for you um footwork is, is a thing that i've heard a lot from mma fires that have made that transition over is you do you think that's really ultimately the the big difference in terms of of how to get ready for this fight yeah i mean uh move your feet, you stay alive, you know? Uh, and I, I, we're going to find out November 18th, but I, I'm pretty sure my footwork's a little bit better than, uh, his and, uh, yeah, man, uh, 
100% fucking out footwork them, out positioning them, and, uh, you know, watch out for those bombs because he's going to throw them, you know? <laughs> Is this a one-fight deal for you to basically, you know, test the waters out and then kind of reevaluate after? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I'm going to go out there and drop some bombs and, uh, you know, talk about doubling, doubling my salary. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what, like, what's your expectations for fight night? Uh, you know, uh, man, he's, he's a tough kid. He throws, uh, really hard overhand hooks. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, my plan is to stay, stay on the outside, get in, clinch up with them, get them tired, bang on that head and, uh, walk away with the KO. I, I did notice uh, you on, on your Instagram, you're talking about how you love comedy. And, uh, you know, it's like, like if we're talking about, like, if there's someone coming into your hometown, like if you said, like, this comedian is rolling in, a national comedian, and you say, I got to go see who that comedian is. Who is it? Uh, man. Uh, so I just got back from a really big comedy festival in, in Vegas. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be in my hometown. I'll fly all over. Uh, I'm really big on Shane Gillis at the moment. Okay. Uh, Bill Burr is one that I need to see. I've seen Dave Chappelle. I've seen like most of my greats that are alive still today, but Bill Burr's on the list to see. It was crazy. I was in Dallas a couple weeks ago and he was playing and we just flew in that day and they're like, what the hell's going on at the arena? We looked it up and like, dude, like, we're like, oh, let's just maybe see what you know, the last minute tickets. I was like, holy crap. Yeah, <laughs> Not yeah. a cheap ticket. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. They're, they're expensive, man. But yeah, dude, I, I love comedy. It's my it's my jam. <laughs> like what what else? Like you you know you just kind of a, a Friday Saturday night to chill and, and maybe you're not going to a comedy show. What 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 do you find yourself getting into? Man, like today it's Friday. I am so beat from the gym. I honestly <laughs> don't know if I'm going to leave this couch uh, <laughs> for real. Uh, I, I'm beat. Uh, man, I chill at home a lot. Um, I uh, grew up, you know, or, or like. Even in my young adulthood, I, I was hopping on couches, always, always having some situation at the place I was staying, you know, like a, something was going on. I had to move all my stuff. You know, I mean, I've kind of I've kind of lived the wildlife and uh, now I have my own house. This is my house. This is my couch. I got my yard with my dog. Uh, I'm stoked about that. And I don't leave unless I have to work. Or, you know, I mean, if there is something cool like Bill Burr's coming, I'm going to go to that. But, like, I don't I don't go out a lot. I don't really do anything. I like to eat and chill. <laughs> so, like, I mean, it's a Friday night. You know, we're chilling we're chilling the house. So you and the dog, like, is there like, a go-to, like, okay, like, I'm, I'm making steaks tonight. Me and my wife are having steaks tonight. Like, would there be, like, hey, because you mentioned about, hey, you're not cutting weight anymore, so you can kind of enjoy the good stuff. Oh, yeah, man. I just made some good tacos. Just had some good tacos made for me. Ooh-wee. Um, what am I cooking? Yeah, man. I mean, I, I, I love a ribeye. I'm a ribeye guy. Yeah. Ribeye, medium rare, maybe some, maybe some potatoes. Let's go. Yeah. Like I, I don't, I, I don't understand these people who want their steaks like well done. Like what, what, what are you doing? Ugh, that's against my religion. <laughs> it's like, why, why you're going to ruin a, a, a piece of beef like that. Like get out of here. What next year? Put ketchup on it. Right, nothing brings the flavor of a steak like some ketchup. Come on, man! <laughs> I literally, I was at a, a nice steak restaurant one time, and, and I mean, 
expensive piece of meat. Guy's like, oh, I'll have it uh, well done. I'm like, bro, we're paying like 60 bucks for the steak. No, you cannot order it like that. <laughs> yeah. No, man. Like, I, I, I'd I, like it to move a little bit, maybe. <laughs> so e- even though you got the bare knuckle matchup, are, are you still in, in the room helping the guys who are getting ready for MMA fights? Oh, oh yeah. I mean, uh, I have just started doing doing like you know some boxing bare knuckle training uh mm-hmm. myself uh hitting bricks and stuff you know what i mean but uh otherwise i uh i'm in the room uh all the time like mma's mma is my main jam and you know i mean we'll see they want to throw you know okay I, tens I, of thousands of dollars at me <laughs> i could become a bare knuckle guy but uh mma is my thing and uh like i mean i i, I personally just think like that all the grappling uh, will help with my uh, my clinch work. You know, I'm, I'm going to be pulling on his head, you know, moving him around, uh, getting good position on him. And, you know, I mean, this is stuff we work every day. I've heard different philosophies on how you get your hands ready for a bare knuckle fight. Like, I, I've heard some guys say, I just wear boxing gloves the whole time. And I, just, I just work on boxing and then fight night gets here. Okay, you know, we're not wearing yeah. gloves. But then I've heard other guys, like I remember years ago, guys said that they would do push-ups on their bare knuckles just like on, on the pavement to yeah, try to get yeah. to, to simulate that. Like, have you, uh, what's your I, mentality I, on it? I used to be one of those guys. And then <laughs> I heard of a little thing called, called arthritis. And I was like, oh, shit, maybe I should stop that. Um uh, no, I mean I've been I've been hitting hitting pads uh, with with no gloves, nothing on. Mm-hmm. Uh, been hitting the bag, you know, with nothing on. Uh, for me, the biggest difference is I don't I want to get my range right. I don't want to have that extra, you know, with, with boxing gloves. You're gonna have you know like an extra what like twelve ounces, fourteen ounces, mm-hmm. whatever yeah. it is. And uh, I mean that's got to be a, a couple of inches. It's got, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, so I just want to make sure that I'm, I'm getting my range correct. So that's why I'm striking, uh, you know, obviously I got gloves on when I'm, uh, sparring with my guys, you know? So, I mean, I'm still yeah. using boxing gloves doing that, but, uh, I'm hitting mitts, hitting the bag, uh, you know, just bare knuckle. You know, when I think of watching a bare knuckle fight, I primarily think of headshots, that there, there's not a, a ton of, of body work like we yeah. see maybe in, in traditional boxing it is do you like do you think that's a thin line in, in a bare knuckle fight of you know hey man it, it, you can pick and choose and go to the body but you just gotta understand man if i go to the body i i am leaving my head exposed yeah for sure uh i don't know if on the outside when I'm on the outside, that's something I'd really be working towards. But 100% once I get on the inside, uh, I mean, I plan to work that body over. Uh, I plan on taking him to deep water and finishing him from there. Uh, you know, he's got a couple of things that I have to worry about. I have to watch out for. Once I close the distance, it's all it's all fair game. Are we trying to grow the mold out a little bit more or what? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's coming in. It's coming in. <laughs> I'm going to come about December. I'm going to perm the back. I'm going for like 93 Alan Jackson. You know, <laughs> I, I saw your Instagram post about that. That, yeah, that was awesome. That was awesome. man. <laughs> Kevin, man, as always, I uh, appreciate you coming on the show. Of course, uh, let me know anything. Follow you out on social media. And, of course, anything else you want to mention, man? Uh, Kevin Kroom underscore UFC. And to everybody who keeps telling me to change my name, they take your blue check mark away if you change your name. So I got to suffer with it. All right, people. Um, you know, I got to suffer. Trust me. I tried. Leave me alone. Uh, but uh, yeah, man, uh, Kim Kroom underscore UFC. 
on on all my socials. And uh, hey, man, I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Joining me now here on the MMA Report is a man who is coming off a victory as he stepped back inside competition for the first time in a little over two years. Cortavius, man, uh, appreciate time. Like, how do how do you describe the last two years uh, for you in terms of this martial arts journey? Oh man, it's been pretty it's been pretty interesting, but I've been embracing it. You know, uh, got a chance to just learn a lot about myself and just life period and you know just everything happened for a reason so it's just it was just great to just step back in or it was, it was like i never left you know uh i trained i trained pretty hard for that fight yeah i've been training i was training period but just wasn't able to like find anywhere i was like really comfortable Mm-hmm. You know, it was just like, uh, I'm cool. <laughs> what, was was it one of those things on fight night of like, you know, you, you get to the arena, you're like, okay, I, I remember what this feeling's like. Oh man, that night I was ready to go. Like, it felt good. It's like now it's like I'm hungry. It's like, and I'm mad. I got some, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm just feeling some type of way. You know, it's like. Okay. Like, <laughs> okay. That that just makes me think. Like when you step inside competition, do you have to have a a little bit of of anger towards your opponent? Nah, nah. It's never no anger. It's like it's always. I'm all. I'm. I'm. I'm pretty humble about it, you know. Because it's like just being a fighter. Period. You just like. I mean, shit. I don't got nothing against you, but it's like, uh. Do I get this money, you know, and uh, <laughs> you in the way of that. So nothing personal, you know, but I just say just the things outside of the cage just really give you the drive and push, you know, to just like, let's do this. And just it's like a dream come true because it's like ever since I was a kid, I've just been fascinated with just fighting it all started with Mortal Kombat, like for real. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm actually doing some Mortal Kombat shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like you got the third round submission. Like as you think about like how you saw the fight going leading into this one, and to ultimately how it played out on fight night. Like, what was it very similar how you expected it to go, or, or did uh, did he offer you some uh, some surprises you weren't necessarily expecting? I mean, honestly, you don't really know what to expect in a fight. You know, you just go out there and just have fun and give it your all. So, I mean, I was just having fun. I mean, so doing what I do is just you can't can't even worry about this. Just go out there. You know what you you know what you train. Uh, you know how hard you train and practice. You know, so it's like, hey. You know, you're in front of people, so let's show them what you can do. Like, when when we say you're having fun on fight night, like, how would you describe that? Uh, Like, having fun on fight night? I mean, going out there and getting my head raised. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? That's fun. But, end of the day, as long as you give it your all, and 
you ain't mad about it, that's all that matters, you know. Just take it on the chin and move on to the next one. Like you talk about this this love for martial arts. Like do you do you is there a, a memory when when you started martial arts that you kind of had that that realization of like, ah, oh, this is what I'm meant to do? Well, yeah, I feel like it is because it's like it's everything that happened just led me to doing this. And then, I mean, uh, I remember, I remember, uh, back my senior year, we had to, um, write down like our goals for once we graduated. And I had put, uh, I had put UFC champion. She's like, oh, come on, Cortez, you gotta be more serious. I was like, what? You got me messed up. Like, I'm serious. And just ever since what, in the 14 and all the way to now, it has been chasing the dream. Shit. Like, do you, do you remember like the first time you saw MMA? Yeah, I mean, I was like, Flicking through the channels and it was like a Minotaur no girl fight and he was just counting uh-huh. and just being the crap out of dude and just grabbing. I'm like, man, you know, I can I can do that. <laughs> and it just stuck with me. And then, you know, I used to have like friends in school, like, oh man, dude, you'd be dope in MMA. And I was just like, man, you know, this is not the first time I heard that. And it just stuck. And it's just like I was like. I'm going to do it. And I just stuck with it and did it. You know, I've heard from other fighters. They'll talk about like why ultimately they, they went this route, maybe as opposed to, you know, Hey, growing up, we all, we all play all the sports, you know, we, you know, depending on the time of year you play this sport, that sport, whatnot. What oh, yeah. was the one-on-one aspect of what drew you to combat sports the most? Say one on one. Yeah, as, as opposed to like you're playing football, you're playing basketball, you're you're playing baseball, where you're relying on your teammates. Where in in fighting, it's you and the other dude. There is you don't have to worry about anybody else. Yeah, I like that. You know, and I mean honestly, I just like competing, and it's just I just like facing my fears. You know, like I mean. Yeah, I like I like, I do enjoy that it's one on one because it'd be like, oh snaps, it's really up to me at this point, you know, and that's great. But I just embrace it by just, you know, just facing my fears because I just feel like nowadays everybody just be scared to like fail and it's like mm-hmm. I mean, you gotta fail in order to like achieve stuff and I mean I don't know, like I said, I'm having fun, man. You only live once, you know. Shoot. <laughs> you never promise tomorrow, so you just gotta live every day like it's your last and just be better than who you were the next day, you know. So I'm just having fun. Let the listeners know before we were uh, talking, you, before we started doing the, the interview here, we were talking about how you were playing a little Call of Duty. So that makes it like you talk about your competitiveness. Like, is it the same competitiveness playing Call of Duty as it is like, you know, you're going in well, fight night? Like, 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 okay. I'm a sore loser. I'm not afraid to admit it. I hate losing. Like if nah. I'm playing Madden, like I if I'm getting my ass, if I'm getting my ass whipped, I'm pissed. I'm pissed. <laughs> nah, see, Call of Duty ain't nothing. It's I get like that when I play Mortal Kombat online because man, that stuff is toxic. <laughs> 
I was literally playing Madden a couple weeks ago, and I'm I'm clearly playing whoever. It, it sounded like it was a kid, and like I'm I'm pretty knowledgeable when it comes to football, and he and you can hear him just saying, "Are you going to keep running the same play?" I'm like, "Yeah, stop it." <laughs> <laughs> I'm running up the A gap. Stop me. Stop me. I, I, I'm Latrobe. Like I will, I will zone the shit out of you. Like you'd be like, just you just throwing projectiles. I'm like, stop it. <laughs> like, trust me, I get it. And then when I win, you know, I do the tea bag, and I, I'm toxic online. Like, <laughs> oh man, do not run across my game. It's oh man, just block right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like if it's a, it's like a you know a Friday Saturday night you say you know what I'm just gonna chill at the crib tonight we're, we're throwing is Call of Duty the go to game or we got a couple other ones in the rotation? It's always gonna be uh some MK Call of Duty is it's cool you know it's it's all right but I like playing mm-mm. I definitely play some uh it's something it's, I'm always playing some some fighting games you know uh-huh. yeah Call of Duty cool. Like I got tired of Madden and Two K. I'm like, it's, it's like the same game, man. It's it's just it's boring now. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I am with duty. I'm like, uh, just aim and shoot. <laughs> More trolling, but it's cool though. I just 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 something to play while I got time. Is that like a, the thing that you turn to? Just kind of like you know, there's that grind. Of, of getting ready for a fight or, you know, you're, you're going through that grind of, of helping out your teammates or getting ready for fights. Like you use video games as a way to kind of just decompress. Oh, uh, man. Oh, uh, no, because I don't really got time to play it. I just, uh, I say, I just spend a lot of time just in my head for real. Like, It'd be like, like I'm my biggest enemy, but I'm just, mm-hmm. I just be humble about everything. That's what gets me through it. Because trust me, maybe days I'd be like, oh my god, oh, but I just, at the end, I just keep a good attitude and I just do it. Mm-hmm. Like fuck it, I just do it and be humble about it. Cause you know, I just feel like it's gonna, it's gonna pay off. You know, cause ain't no point. It's just, I just try to keep good energy because I don't need no negative stuff in my life. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we mentioned about you had the two years away. So right now is the mentality in terms of your fight career of trying to make up for lost time, just trying to rack up these fights back to back to back? I mean, nah, because I feel like everybody needs some time off to just, mm-hmm. you know, just... I don't know. Everybody needs some time off sometimes, you know, and it's never a bad thing. And it ain't all about just making a comeback and just racking up wins, you know. You got to stay healthy at the same time and just do the right thing. And just I just go day by day, one thing at a time, man. You know, it's going to happen when it's supposed to happen, you know. So, so just every day. Just living life. So, uh, leave on this one. So, you walk in. Let's say you go to the gym tonight. We're getting a workout in. And the coach says, you got to control the music. What's going on in the speakers? 
just put it on shuffle. I like everything. Yeah, I don't really discriminate when it comes to music, cause mm-hmm. yeah, that's 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 kind of like my little happy place too. When I'm training, I like listening to music when I'm training. That's like the only time I dance. <laughs> <laughs> like, would there would there now would there be some of your boys that might be surprised the type of music you might listen to? No, I mean, no, I don't think so. It's all it's always the same. I mean. I'm. I just listen. I listen. It don't really matter what what what's playing because I can just vibe to anything. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's Max. So <laughs> that's that's awesome, man. That's, I, you know, like I go to gym. Like I, I need something upbeat. I need, I need you know. I, I need something you know. to kind of get the, the juices flowing. I, it, it can't be slow. I'm not a country guy. I, I can't do that. You say no country? No country. I, I just, I, I've never been able to get into it, man. Like, I'm uh, in training. Uh, not when you're trying to, like, let's go. Type now, I will, I will tell you this. I worked in, in radio. Uh, country music fans know how to party. Oh, absolutely. Like, what? Oh, hands down. Like, like when it comes to concert goers, country music fans fa- party harder than any other genre of music. You would definitely catch me there. Like, what? <laughs> I remember, like, like, the first time I did a country uh, show, and they're like, yeah, we got to get there at 3 o'clock to set up. And I go, concert's not until 8 o'clock. They go, oh, no, they start tailgating at, like, 4 o'clock. I'm like, what? Well, they go, Lord. Yeah. Oh, man. It, and it's, yeah, if you if you like to uh, to partake in the cocktails, <laughs> there will be plenty of cocktails around. Oh yeah, but, uh, but Cortavius, I appreciate you coming on the show. Congratulations on the victory, man! Look forward to seeing when you get back in there. Uh, of course, let me know they can follow you out on social media or anything else you want to mention, man. Well, I ain't nothing going. I'm just trying to just get my followers up, you know, and just get back on the map for real. I mean, so just I'm just chilling. And there you have my conversations with Mana, Kevin, and Cortavius. I appreciate all those guys coming on this edition of the MMA Report podcast. Of course, uh, we try to get two podcasts out to you each and every week, Sunday being the interview edition of the show. Then the midweek show typically comes out on Wednesday nights. It's myself and Daniel Gavon talking about everything going on in the world of mixed martial arts. Of course, on the last episode, we were talking about uh, some of the things we saw on MMA Twitter and UFC 2 80. Of course, coming up here later on this week, we will recap what happened at UFC 280. Talk about everything else going on in the world of MMA, including, of course, we got a UFC fight card, fight night card coming up this weekend. Big matchup, uh, featherweight matchup. Calvin Cater headlining that fight card as uh, looking forward to seeing that one to him and Arnold Allen. Big matchup there in the 145 pound division. So uh, that's that should be a banger of a fight. Looking forward to seeing that one as actually uh, I'll be off next weekend. So uh, I'll be taking in those those fights, so looking forward to checking out that. Of course, as I mentioned, I always appreciate you taking time out of your day 
to download, listen to this episode of the podcast. Uh, if you can, uh, you know, follow, share, like, subscribe, rating, review, all that stuff. It truly does help us out a lot here at the MMA Report Podcast. So let's go wrap it up for this edition of the MMA Report Podcast. We'll be back later on this week for the midweek edition as myself and Dale Gavon will recap UFC 280 and get you ready for this weekend's UFC Fight Night card.